0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: When you are experiencing trouble in your life, how confident are you that God is going to move to rescue you, to deliver you, to help you, to put you in safety once more? David was a man. Although he was not perfect, He loved God, he worshipped God, and he wanted to serve God. And he had confidence because of his commitment to God that God would come to his assistance, that he would move and he would be his helper. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 70. Now, this psalm is not full of principles. David is not revealing a great deal about how to do something. But he's simply pouring out his heart before God, obviously at a very difficult time in his life. And David has confidence that God is going to move. Not because of who David is, but because of who God is when you trust and depend upon god even when you may be guilty when you may be a victim of your own foolishness god if you repent if you seek forgiveness if you look towards his mercy god will move now in this time in david's life we don't know what has brought about this hardship sometimes and we've encountered psalms where david Is confessing sin he knows that he is guilty but yet he trusts in God knowing that God forgives and God will restore he understands that God is his deliverer because of that covenantal relationship he has with God and furthermore because David even when he has failed God he wants to return and he wants to recommit himself the purposes of god in psalm 70 we don't know what the circumstances are we don't know exactly what is going on other than there are those that are seeking david's life it may be king saul it may be someone else nevertheless david is in distress and let's look at how david responds in that time of of distress of suffering, of fear, of anxiety, of stress. Let's see what he does. Look with me to that inscription. That first verse in the biblical text where it says, to the chief musician of David. So this psalm, that phrase, Le David in Hebrew, means that David is the author. And he says, In that first verse, the last word, he says, Leaskir. Leaskir is to make mention of. Now, this would lead most to conclude that David has written this down at a time of his life, as you can see easily, a time of hardship, a time of trouble. And he wants to remind us that when we go through a similar situation, that we can trust God and find help, find his deliverance. So move on to verse 2 in the biblical text, probably verse 1 in your Bible, where he simply says, God, deliver me. He doesn't say, I deserve it. I merit it. He simply says, God, deliver me it's a plea of god rescuing him and it's always wise david is coming he's coming with confidence and assurance that god first and foremost that he's able to deliver that he is able to rescue him in spite of what the circumstances might be who that enemy might be who is that one that's pursuing him so david just simply cries out a simple petition before god oh god deliver me and then he says "O oh lord lord be my help quickly now literally it says to my help in regard to that help that request he says the word which is quickly with speed with haste now this is to to cause the reader to conclude something david Yes, he's experiencing trouble, hardships, difficulty, but this word, which is going to repeat a few times, tells us that David is reaching the end, that he needs help and he needs it quickly. And the whole context is David wants to survive. That word for delivering, rescuing, it is a word which means to take away from that which is very threatening usually life threatening let's go to the next verse verse three in hebrew two and others he says let them be a shame and let them be a reproach now this tells us something it tells us that what they're doing is not within the the parameters of of god's will or god's commandments when someone is behaving in a way that the outcome is shame or a reproach we can be assured that that outcome is because of violating the word of god so these individuals we don't know what's going on with david's life but he's saying to these people before god they are violators they should be made to be ashamed that they should have reproach placed upon them. Now, what are they doing? Notice the last part of that next phrase where it says, nafshi." <laughs> the ones who seek, the seekers of literally my soul and in this context, my life. So they're not coming to David for just any purpose. They're not just troubling him some way, but they are seeking his life to put him to death. Now, just think for a moment. David, we think of him as King David, being successful, having defeated Goliath. and the past, those, those lions and those bears, and no matter what the enemy is, David is victorious. But here he realizes something, without God's help without god moving and god moving quickly with haste david's not going to survive so he says place shame and reproach upon them those that seek his life now david as i said is not perfect but from this context we can conclude that those who are seeking his life are doing so outside the the word of god There is no basis for them wanting to put David to death. They're doing it in disobedience to the word of God. Second part of verse verse three, where it says, they shall go backward and they shall be ashamed. Another word, different one, but another one that relates to being ashamed. And he says they're going backwards what does that mean they're not moving in the direction that god would have them to go and because of that they are moving away and the implication here is they are moving away from from god and that's never good so they're not living a repentant life drawing close to god turning to him but they're going backward they're moving away from the will of God and how do we know that well look at the next part the actual end of of this verse where it says <laughs> the ones who and it's a different word now can mean a desire or even a delight and what he's saying is they delight in my harm my evil They are against, and this is what the word literally means, they are against your will for my life. They don't want me to fulfill what you have called me to do. And therefore, this gives David even more confidence. Now, where is that practical for us? Here's the practicality. As long as you are moving in fulfillment of God's call on your life, that you are serving him, that you're doing his purposes, his plans, that you are committed to his words, you are submitting to his instructions. When you are doing that, doesn't matter who the enemy is. When you are faithfully serving God, the enemy, they if they attack you, they are attacking God. You are his representative. And David is taking confidence in that. David is taking confidence taking that in that as well, that because they are seeking evil and not good, they are against God and that God is going to move. Verse 4, 3 in other Bibles, Let them turn because of their shame. Meaning, they're moving for David's evil, they're wanting to harm him, And David says, let them be turned because of their shame, meaning this, what they're doing is not about God's glory, but rather they're behaving in a way that is shameful. And what's the principle for us? When I am not doing that, which brings honor to God, I'm inviting shame into my life. And therefore that shame is going to be an adversity to me. It is going to cause me problems. It is not going to be a a catalyst for something that is good, something that is a blessing, something that is an assistance to me. So never pursue anything other than activity that is glorifying to God. When you are behaving in a way that your objective is to glorify God, you can be assured of something. You can be assured that God is going to be part of that and that god is going to be in your circumstances but when you are pursuing something that is against god you are going to be a recipient of of the shame that god is going to put upon such a person he says the ones who say aha aha and this also is a very important clue in our understanding of this passage because Satan is also known. His name means the the adversary. I've said many times he likes to bring adversity into your life, pain, suffering, sorrow, all those things. He rejoices when when he sees you experiencing that. Messiah, God sent him into the world that you might have life and have it abundantly. A, A life of significance, a life that has eternal implications to it satan he's against all of that now another way that satan is spoken of especially for example in the book of revelation he's called the accuser what does satan like to do satan likes to to tempt you into sin and no sooner does does he succeed in getting someone to sin what does he want to do accuse that person before god why He loves when people experience the punishment, the judgment of God. Satan is about bringing, putting you in a situation, bringing upon you God's judgment. Why? He knows he's been defeated. He knows that he's going to suffer that same type of experience, God's judgment eternally placed upon him. And he wants to take as many individuals, as many souls as he can with him. He delights in seeing the eternal damnation of others. Such a thought. God, what did he do? He sent his only begotten son to the cross to die a a horrible, torturous death, one of intense torment. And he did that so you wouldn't experience that everlasting damnation, that eternal contempt that you would be an eternal recipient of the blessings and the promises of God. So look again at our text. It says here, what are they saying? Aha, aha. They want to accuse David and 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 perhaps point out the situation that he's in and and mock him. That's their objective. Verse verse 5. Now, here it's it's giving us a promise he says here they will rejoice and be glad in you so what's the promise in you that is in a covenantal relationship and when you are faithful to that covenant relationship when you are carrying out your covenantal obligations before god what does that produce well here's one very important principle When I am faithful to God, I've entered into a covenant with him, and now his word I am committed to. And when I demonstrate, hear that, when I demonstrate that commitment, the outcome of that is going to be rejoicing and being glad. So you're not going to find true joy, true gladness. Much of what people are pursuing, that that they're glad they think, that they're rejoicing, they're having a good time in the end, most of that they regret. Most of that, whatever type of, of satisfaction they had, it was fleeing at best. It leaves them empty. There's nothing that they look back on ultimately that is really a, a joy to them. Much of the things that that they thought brought them joy they're ashamed of after the fact after time has passed well that's not how it is with someone who has done obedience to god have submitted to him so in you in your will in obedience to you there is joy and gladness for all who seek you now let's ask ourselves a very important question and that's this Can you say honestly and realize you can't lie to god god knows all things he reads your heart perfectly he just doesn't see and hear what comes from your mouth but he also perceives perfectly the the heart so can you say with all honesty i am seeking god not his help his assistance his provision his blessings, his promises, but seeking above all things, God. Meaning this, God, I just want to draw close to you. I want to experience you. I want to be in your presence. I want to know you more and more and more. And my chief joy is not the blessings that that you can provide me, not taking hold of those promises, but above that, More important to me is simply experiencing you, being in that covenantal relationship which allows me to experience your love. So are you truly pursuing the presence of God in your life because you love him? You love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is what David is saying here when he speaks about Mivak she Hashem*, those who truly seek you. Those are the ones that are going to have that joy and gladness. Second part of our verse, they will say, now here's assurance, they will say always, God be magnified. Now, what they're saying, that is a term of exalting God. It is saying, God, you are great. And why are they saying that? Because they sought God, they experienced God, and they were moved to understand the greatness of God. This would be a wonderful thing to pray about. God, help me understand more fully your greatness. more that we understand about how great God is, the more confidence and assurance that we're going to have when that enemy begins to to threaten us. Now, it's even better to be threatened by the enemy when you're in obedience, when you're doing the will of God. Then you'll have that full assurance and confidence that God's going to move in your behalf and that that enemy is not going to have victory but that you are going to overcome that enemy by doing good and good is the will of god look again they will say always god be magnified and and these are the ones who what oh have yeshua techa lovers the ones who love your salvation Now, realize, the word salvation is inherently related to the will of God. Salvation is victory, and victory is God's will being accomplished. So, what it says here is that we're going to know that joy always, we who magnify the Lord continuously. Why? Because we are individuals that love salvation your salvation oh god and salvation is experience as an outcome we're not talking about simply the forgiveness of sins entering into the kingdom of god that's one aspect of of salvation but salvation is the will of god in its fulfillment it being done and the results of that and we should love god's will being accomplished Last verse. But I. Now he's talking about his current situation. He says, "But I, ani, ani comes from a word. It can mean poor. But the next word, evion also means poor. Better maybe translated with the word destitute. Someone who is just not poor, but but lacks everything." someone looks upon them and they can see clearly this one has nothing perhaps no shoes perhaps the clothes are are old they're unwashed they have an older to them you can tell that that person is hungry that they are are dirty inside and out and they need help well that's this evion someone who is experiencing a great deficiency in his life and that's what david is saying now the word ani the first one for poor can also relate to being afflicted so when i look at that based upon the two words that are chosen anive and evion i see david saying but but i and he's making this to god as a prayer but i oh god i am afflicted and i am destitute david he he is is dirty from just the the poverty that he's experiencing and when i say dirty on the inside and outside i'm not speaking about dirty in a sinful way but but someone who lacks david is needing a a fresh touch of god that he has not been experiencing God in the way that he's accustomed. So he says, I'm afflicted, I am destitute, O God. And then we have that word again, "Husha," meaning quickly, with haste unto me. And this is indeed a cry of desperation. David is saying, God, I'm at my end. I am destitute. I am afflicted. And if you don't come and move quickly in my circumstances, the implication is David is saying, I'm not going to make it. But notice how he concludes this this psalm. He says, Ezri, which means my helper. David knows that God is a help, a very present help in times of trouble therefore we don't see david turning to an abundant amount of of resources other people looking for help david is not the one that when all else fails he prays no david goes to god first and he does so with a passion why he knows that god is truly his help my help and my and this word This word is used as one who who delivers in this context, this use. So my help and my deliverer. This word speaks about one who escapes. So God, you are going to cause me to escape this. David is confident that God is going to move in his circumstances. And he says as well, not only my help and my deliverer are you but he says oh lord oh lord do not do not delay again that third time two different words but that third time that same concept is given to us god i need you to move quickly now in one sense we know that god's timing is always perfect and this is not david questioning god's timing but david's simply sharing with us confessing he is coming to the end he is in a very very difficult position and if he doesn't experience god's deliverance if he doesn't experience god's help then david is saying i can't hold on much longer david a man of god david a lover of god A man that god used mightily but nevertheless when you look at david's 70 years that he lived he suffered greatly many years went by when david was an outcast he was put down he was hunted by the king and the king's army he was disgraced he had to flee from his own country and go to the enemy and pretend to be to be insane in order that they would not kill him no david knew some very low times in his life but no matter what he was going through david had the same response no matter what the reason was that he was in such a desperate situation what did he do he turned to god let me begin or let me conclude with how i began I started this this time of study from Psalm 70 by asking, do you have confidence in those times of trouble that God will help you, that he will deliver you, that he will minister unto you? David did. And it was all because David knew the benefits of being in a covenantal relationship with God. And if you're in that new covenant relationship through Messiah, through that gospel, you can have assurance. God is faithful. God loves you. If you have entered into that covenant by faith, having received God's grace through that gospel, be assured. It is always wise to turn to God, to make known to confess what you're going through. God will not disappoint. God is indeed a very present help for us in times of trouble. You turn to him, you will not be disappointed. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org.